Hi everybody, this is Kirby, and today I'm joined by McKinley. Hi everybody, I'm McKinley. McKinley was a player during our unaired Season Zero, and he played as the Guardians of Eden. Uh, McKinley, uh, would you care to describe in your own words who or what that exactly was? Sure. So, the Guardians of Eden were entrusted by the, uh, the old Earth government to come and establish a sort of, sort of a horticulture community making it so we can understand the local flora and fauna and uh, also back on earth we were a, a a group of educators so we had a very prestigious university uh, that was bent on trying to figure out how to uh, sort of expand the resources and, and use the resources on earth as efficiently as possible so the idea was that the Guardians would come to the New World and continue that work. Yeah, and actually that sticks pretty close to what I can remember of the <laughs> Guardians of Eden <laughs> yeah. uh, that comes with the book. Um, so for those who don't know and haven't been listening to the other episodes, essentially we played a different system that came with a lot of these cabals prepackaged. And you can, of course, just make them your own. Uh, but I think with regards to Guardians of Eden and McKinley's take on them, they are largely the same as what they were prepackaged as. I, I don't think you really strayed too far. You gave I'm them just super creative like that. So yeah, super creative. <laughs> I mean, why why mess with something that's already perfect? I'm just <laughs> so you gave them the more like education angle from Old Earth. You also gave them basically low level telepathy. If you want to talk about that, yeah, for sure. So one of the defining characteristics of this cabal is that they generally don't communicate with other people outside of their cabal because they uh, have uh, more or less a computer chip in their brains. And that computer chip allows them to ping each other and communicate with one another, one another. So the reason that a lot of people on Old Earth weren't very keen on the Guardians is because they didn't communicate with them at all. So the... Uh, the people who came over from Old Earth still have this communication device, um, but I think that it would be an issue and difficult for them to recreate this, at least in the beginning parts of it. So I imagine this might be a relic of the Old World uh, for right now. So maybe some of the uh, founding members of the Cabal and, and some of the elder members of the Cabal would still have this, this technology. And I think that, if I'm recalling correctly, and... Uh, season zero we did have some sort of communication mishaps uh so that their uh the the chips in their brains weren't working quite as well as they should so i think that that was kind of knocked out but i think maybe towards the end we had figured something out is that right kirby something like that so basically when we started uh season zero the players had decided that it'd be fun to just do a crash landing rather than properly landing on this new planet that you all came across and so mm -hmm. so part of what that was is the fact that i 
I kind of figured that something like that would probably only work if there was like a proper infrastructure up. Yeah, I agree. That makes more sense. Yeah, and because you all had crash landed, I mean, your character, because the, uh, the world fall system is a system where you are in general just zooming into specific characters within that cabal, but also zooming out at the, at the like broader scope, right? And so your yep. character actually. Uh, crash landed in the water, and that was the first thing that oh, you had yeah, to do. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, and that was the first thing that you had to do. Uh, but also, like going back to the chips in the head thing, there was an event that negatively impacted your entire cabal, with very few exceptions. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes. Where uh, essentially they were having some sort of reaction to something in the environment that was essentially causing uh, them to have seizures and eventually slip into a coma. So there was an event where pretty much my entire cabal went into a coma. Uh, as far as I know, it was everybody. I, there may have been a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, it was uh, the entirety of it. And the leader of the cabal came in touch with the world soul. And as far as I know, we were the first ones to contact the world soul and we sort of communed with them. And something strange was going on with the planet that we were able to directly commune, commune with the world soul. And also, uh, we were able to sort of embody some of the local uh, fauna. And we were basically birds for a while. I guess you could say you weren't really fond of that. Oh, yeah. We weren't feathering or... No, that's nothing. Um, <laughs> okay. There's no no beaks of... Uh, the the birds were... That was for the birds. You got there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> also, we weren't. Didn't we uh, communicate with uh, with Bad World Soul? You did. So I, if I yeah, were aware yeah. of him, yeah, you were aware of him. So uh, you had encountered the World Soul, which is uh, which was Tony's character. And depending on, I guess for our listeners, depending on when you listen to this and when I actually release the Cabal highlights and, and what order, uh, Tony's character, or Tony as a player, was also a Season Zero player who is or has already returned to Season 1. And he was actually in charge of the World Soul. So the Warfall system, um, as one of the Cabal options, was to literally play as the world itself and came with all these different abilities and so that's pretty dope yeah it is pretty dope and so you met uh you met the world speaker is what they call it on the world fall or world speaker yeah world yeah world speaker is what they call it on the world soul uh man there's so many worlds in this on the world there's a lot going on there is a lot going on we've got a clip notes if you want to purchase it it's uh you can go to my etsy page i do have a clip notes that you can uh uh really follow along it has like a a timeline of events and it's for the low low price of 55 five, 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 five. um sorry my brain is in bell speak so you can send me some bells for that i, I would probably take that in bells yeah so actually we we the reason why <laughs> mckinley signed season one because uh, we just couldn't pay him enough not to play animal crossing to be frank so yeah what happened was you met with tony's uh world speaker which took the 
took this very uh, form, which gets discussed in the World Soul Cabal highlight, which may already be out by the time we release this episode. But basically, uh, you had essentially turned into a bird here on the mm-hmm. World Soul. And yep, then right. uh, in your travels, you came across uh, Tony's character, which was like the world speaker. Basically, the world soul has a designated character, which is some sort of animal or plant life player's choice really uh that allows them to actually communicate with the other players uh so to still remain didn't tony go with didn't tony go with a large large jungle cat thing yeah it was like a creature he 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 sent me a reference pick i was trying to look for that but it, it was essentially a large jungle cat um and i forget where he got the reference picture from but it, it was more or less that and then okay yeah and so you two had traveled and you discovered a couple of things like there was like a ruined city in the water uh mm-hmm. that was also where you basically just watched tony fight off with the uh, evil world souls uh world speaker his whole thing yeah yeah his whole thing uh, and then the two of you discovered this vault, and then that's when you were revived. And if I'm not mistaken, you were revived by one of the other players. It's been so long since we played. Yeah. By yeah, it's been in, in like real world time. It's been like a year, right? Yeah, and I want to say I really want to say that was um, Reinhardt Industries played by Reinhardt Industries played by James that was the one that, re- that revived right. you guys. I think that Tom's Tom's cabal may have had a part of that too. Yeah, and okay. yeah, and then so your character woke up, uh, and all the other like Guardians of Eden uh, characters also came out of their comas and stuff, and things were kind of good for a little bit. And yeah, I, yeah. you had shared the fact that you discovered some alien vaults on the planet, and yep. of course you and the Goodson Foundation, and I think Tom's character, yeah, Tom's mm-hmm. character was also involved in that. He he went yep. with all with all of you, and yeah, with uh with your discoveries in that vault in season zero, uh, it was I think it was Goodson who made the 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 decision that the technology was able to commune with the world soul, so we were able to have that other. I guess communion uh, with the world soul, and actually yep. not just the good world soul, but the other half, the evil half, right? And yeah. uh, that actually proved to be very pivotal because uh, it leads to our current timeline where Earth only has like a hundred years, or not Earth, uh, where the colony only has like a hundred years, and then yep. they have to leave. Otherwise, uh, the bad world soul is gonna, soul will... yeah rock the whole thing yeah, yeah essentially uh, i will say it just is a little bit of a flavor for this that i recall that whenever the uh whenever we came in contact with that technology the guardians of eden were very against using it in the first place just because you know we didn't know what the hell this thing was and uh goodson was very uh insistent and i think there might have been a little bit of uh not so thinly veiled threats um and I know that 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 definitely caused a rift between the Goodson Corporation and uh, the Guardians, which was already on bad terms in the first place, just from a a very uh, uh, baseline theological line of thinking. So I do recall that was why the Goodsons and I did not get along. Yeah, come to think of it, I don't think the Goodson Foundation really got along with anybody, but they came out ahead (laughs) at the end. Made any friends. Yeah. 
but also like that resonated with yeah. the few, which was being led by Tom's uh, character. He he was in charge of the few, yep. uh, which in the mm-hmm. Worldfall book uh, is it was by default called uh, Keepers of the Flame. Uh, he renamed it and gave it his own spin though, but they were fervently, fanatically against using this alien yep. technology. And I want to say that um, when you all had left, I want to say that he had arranged for it to be destroyed or at least like buried or something. Yeah, I believe you're right. So uh, leading up or following those events, um, let's see. Do you re- Before we get to the World Congress, which is the end of the first era for that game the the game gets played like through multiple generations and through Mm -hmm. like different ages and the first age and worldfall specifically since it's a part of a broader line of games is that it has to end with some sort of world congress uh meeting up right uh but do you want to before we talk about that did you want to cover any other notable events that you can remember from season zero um the Next notable event that I wanted to talk about is directly related to the World uh, Congress, so uh, I'll probably just wait for that. I think we'll jump into it. So basically how it works is that the World Congress, I don't quite remember the exact system, and I'm pretty sure I modified it a little bit because we were essentially, Mm -hmm. I don't think the game was really designed to accommodate players not being at the table with one another. Uh, since you know yeah. it is like semi-competitive with like uh, controlling resources and stuff and also mm-hmm. just being able to get that power at the world congress but i i recall like it was like day of i want to say that we were supposed to record for that session and out of the blue like i'm getting messages from i think tom or goodson about some sort of alliance and like what that would look like mm-hmm. in game and i had no idea but evidently you had partnered up with them if i recall to do yep. like a last minute uh, like proposal yeah it was uh tom's cabal and mine and it was not goodson or emits but the other one i think that we had i think there was a three person uh maybe it was just tom and i but yeah we there was an alliance there where we had sort of pulled our resources and, and came up with a common agenda to both get I'm pretty high. sure it was Goodson because that's what surprised me the most was that Goodson came in with you guys. So you, you had made some sort of concession. Yeah, yeah. it might have been Goodson. Uh, so you made this concession with them um, and essentially became a powerhouse just kind of out of nowhere, really. Because uh, I, yep. I really thought that... Um, that either Goodson would just go for the gold themselves because they were doing really well uh, resource-wise or High Command would uh, do something because they were being pretty effective at, like, counter tactics. Um, And High Command was controlled by Amit and, yeah, and that that playbook in the Worldfall system is called the Officer Class, I believe. Uh, So I give that to him. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder what this whole like man i kind of wonder what this whole setting would have looked like had i given him had i reversed it and given you the officer class like i originally planned Mm -hmm. and given amit the guardians of eden uh i think we would have a completely different game right now but as is yeah like the scenarios played out to where you all even typed up this sort of google docs grand proposal which 
Oh yeah, I remember. I remember working on that at um at Pack yeah. Unplugged. <laughs> yeah, Tom and I were like staying up and <laughs> until like three in the morning talking about this. Okay, yeah, this is yeah, all absolutely. Now. And I do not have that document. Uh, I do not have that document mm-hmm. with me, but I did take like notes and I carried a lot of the decisions that every player um, put forth through that. So at the World Congress. When you were partner, uh, when you were partners with these uh, other cabals, it is very uh, is very clear what you put in for the democracy that was being formed here, because that was like the overall decision was that we were going to form some sort of democracy, and mm-hmm. so out of that we uh, everyone got a say, everyone got to contrib- pick something to contribute to the uh to the laws and stuff of this but you had two things that you were putting forward which one was one was the green proposal and then two was the national education service yep uh you want to talk about that for us want to go ahead and talk about Um, that so i remember explicitly the education system i'm not super clear on the green proposal that might have been something that tom and i did sort of jointly um, do you happen to have notes on that offhand? Sorry, not, it's just been forever since we played this. Yeah, to be honest, they're not great notes. So basically the notes that I have on hand was me summarizing what it was and then uh, for the whole purpose of explaining how it might have evolved in our current timeline because we jumped forward 30 years for season right. one. Yep. So I didn't really take notes the day of like some sort of fool but yeah so why don't you start with the national education service and then we'll jointly talk about what we can remember the green proposal okay because i do remember parts of that but i i thought that maybe uh might have something a little bit more uh substantial than i do but anyway i do remember that the biggest my biggest thing and where i gave up most of my uh leverage to sort of get my way was on the uh, education system um as I said earlier, that the Guardians were very much prioritized an education system and had a uh, sort of elitist uh, school system. And that was something that my character that I primarily was uh, running had a lot of qualms with. Uh, She had decided that she wanted the new world to be a bit different and wanted the education system more open to whoever would want it. So it was very much a, if you want to come to school here as a child, you can, but the, didn't want to limit it just to children because there are a lot of people that were part of the new world that weren't necessarily afforded the opportunity to go to a school or any kind of formal education from what I can tell, especially uh, among the, the few. So, uh, continue education was a big part of my proposal, and then ended up getting adapted as long as well as the uh, university system. I think that was also just kind of rolled into when the options that's just given to you for the World Congress event and the World Fall role playing system, and because mm-hmm. essentially there, I mean, essentially you can make up whatever you want, but they do have a list of beneficial and non beneficial laws uh legislation that could be applied uh that players get to just pick depending on how well they did in the first age so in any case uh yeah you have put forth the national education service and Mm -hmm. we will obviously talk about the other stuff 
uh, when I get to those particular players. But you had to also, presumably because because of the name and because of your cabal, created the green proposal. Mm-hmm. Now, my notes state that this was because this was essentially going to treat Janice as the largest national park known to man right uh, to humankind mm-hmm. and in doing so uh i kind of took that and ran with it so we've talked about it a little bit in the latest episodes where you know i've made mention oh well this building is made out of recycled material because of the uh, great proposal mm-hmm. and i've talked about how uh, there are guardians of eden outposts throughout the Uh, fringes which is like the outlying areas outside the colonies Mm -hmm. um and essentially it's it's basically the idea that this is a literal living world that already doesn't want us on there right and and so yeah and so you have to be mindful of what you're mining and how you're treating the earth and so i that's kind of like little bits of lore that haven't really dropped into the actual system, but it's something that I constantly think about, and it's because of your alliance's decision to yep. really just harness that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I, that's coming back to me a bit now. Yeah, so, and then also that just kind of springs forth from the fact that from our session zero for season zero, we kind of talked about as a group how crappy the old world was. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you remember that, but essentially it was rampant, like late stage capitalism, which allows stuff like Reinhardt Industries to exist, right? If you recall. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, but also sparked the reason for why earth needed to send a generation ship and why they so and why they so desperately sent a generation ship to a place that they knew so little they knew nothing about actually really because the colony got here uh, the colonists got here and yeah it was a big surprise that the world is living but you actually know what now that i'm talking about that i just remembered you're the reason why there are world soul deniers if i'm not mistaken oh yeah i remember that too yeah i forgot about the world soul deniers yeah that was like as the result of like two or three like mixed consequence roles i think Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah, that yeah i remember that because i i i recall there was a discussion I can't remember which cabals it was with. It might've been like high command or something where I discussed about, you know, what had happened and what I'd seen. And there was, there was discussion that we shouldn't tell everybody about it, but uh, that was a direct reflection of my character's desire to not have the uh, guardians be seen as another elitist colony that, that wasn't accepting of their fellow man. And I was very open about everything that happened. I told them, I told everybody that would listen about like what happened to my cabal and we ran into a literal physical manifestation of the world and also that we turned into birds. And I think that that was a little too wild for some people to accept. And yeah, I do remember there were some uh, uh, world soul deniers because of that. Yeah, because I think mechanically I want to say that was some sort of role where you mm-hmm. had to influence some sort of, that's, Yeah, that's not 
that's not persuasion, but that's essentially a persuasion thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like uh, you you had to sway the population because obviously the population isn't just Guardians of Eden, right? It's right, like this sure. mixture of different uh, political cabals and you know uh, beliefs and such, right? Yep. And so it wasn't just your people that you're convincing; it was just the colony in general. So you had I had you roll for that, and so. I think it was a mixed result where I decided that as a consequence, um, there was a third pop, uh, third of the population that was uh, obviously the minor, uh, the minorities in this thinking, but a very vocal minority. And I think this also just kind of reflects the, the fact that I think at the time when we were recording, there was a whole... I mean, it's still prevalent, right? Yes, but like always, yeah, yeah, it was it's always there. But at the time, it was just more and more in the news about uh, the flat earthers. Yep. And I mean, that's essentially what it is here. Uh, like, although I I feel like in this setting, it's more reasonable to be doubtful that the, <laughs> yeah. that the fucking planet is living. Yeah, but... yeah. There's a giant talking cat that doesn't want you here. Yeah, I get it. I'm kind of on their yeah. side a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> And so to also, like, keep fueling this consequence, um, my headcanon, I think I might have put it in the, like, very rough timeline that I put out in the world fall lore. In the world fall lore that I set out for y'all. And my thinking was that, well, maybe the reason why this belief perpetuates is because the world of soul, like, really only has the one world speaker. And in my, my current headcanon right now is that just the world leaders gets to communicate with it, which also just feeds into that conspiracy yeah. theory. Like, so not quite flat earther material. I feel like it's actually more valid to disbelieve the fact that the world's living, but yeah, that, yeah. that was actually the direct resolve view. Uh, so yeah, you, you had a lot of say that just resonated throughout the 30 years that takes place in game mm -hmm. uh, between season one and season zero that I'm still working with, uh, including Tony's stuff and uh, other people's stuff. I, I want to say you and Tony probably had the most influential carryover as to how things kind of progress. Hell um, yeah. Yeah, uh, just... Because, like, your stuff, like, is literally, like, the world. So, right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's, I think that about covers it. That about covers season zero and the very broad stroke. We covered Guardians of Eden, who I keep wanting to call Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, the Galaxy, same. <laughs> but maybe same. season two. Maybe season two. Listen, uh, you're going to love season two. Uh, everyone's favorite character, uh, Starman's going to be there with his, uh, Truxy tree friend Root and uh, Rocky the Raccoon. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Catch yeah, it has to, it has here, to be like a live on Starshot. <laughs> it has to be like a uh, succulent rather than tree, and then also oh, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah, this is and maybe yeah. like an armadillo instead of like a raccoon. We well, we'll figure yeah, it out big, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll workshop that for sure. I mean, we can take we'll, that offline. Disney's gonna pick us up by the end of season one. I feel like, no but question. we'll see. I mean, yeah, obviously. no doubt. And then, and then we'll get brought into that larger MCU universe, and it'll be, you know, it'll be wild. That'll be season like seven, I want to say. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah, hundred episodes. It. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that about covers it for today. I think uh, there was 
a lot to unpack there, but it's also really important because you did contribute so much to the setting, even though you're not really in season one, your presence is still felt. But uh, that is today's episode, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, all the music and artwork, as always, is done by James, a.k.a. Solid, who currently plays as Cole in season one. And you can find his stuff in the show notes. McKinley, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Um, no, it's it's only Animal Crossing for me. I have no talents other than uh, being in the foreign fruit trade. But you can follow me on Twitter. I make dumb jokes on there. My Twitter is McKinley Sarah. Go nuts. Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. And <laughs> better, uh, it's yeah. in my contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole reason why McKinley's not in season one is he just costs too much. To be frank, yeah. Um, yeah. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you among the stars. We'll see you among the stars. <laughs> You didn't read my writers good enough, baby. This is it now. <laughs> <laughs>